fans, once again, to After the Checkers with Kyle Hall. I am Kyle Hall, and I'm excited to have this guy next to me. Um, I, I, right when this whole project started, I decided it wasn't just going to be the, the, the guys that are always up front, the guys that are the fastest, the most well-known kind of a thing. Um, in fact, it wasn't all going to be racers. There's been some flagmen. Um, there's been some guys that are retired. There's some guys that didn't race at all. Um, and this is one of those guys right there. Everybody knows this name. If you're a, a dirt track fan whatsoever in, in maybe in the country, uh, but for sure in Minnesota and Wisconsin and, and Southern Canada, the Dakotas in Wissota land, um, everybody knows this name. Maybe you don't know the face. This is Jonathan Powers. Welcome Jonathan Powers to After the Checkers. Hi, Kyle. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So um, Jonathan Powers is the guy that, that does, you didn't start it. Your dad, Troy, right, started the 2020 race page. And how long ago was that? Uh, I believe it was 1997, somewhere around there. It was originally a Delphi forum page. And sure. once that kind of phased out and Facebook started, we decided to switch it over to Facebook because that's where everybody was at. So. That's where, and that's still where everybody's at. Uh, good, good or bad, that's still where everybody's at. And so um, I think back to those days of the forum days, like that's crazy to even like how cumbersome and weird that was. And so, um, but it, um, so you, I, I mean, does your dad do anything with it? I never see Troy Powers or very little Troy Powers other than his name on the bottom of pictures. Uh, he does still. He still makes quite a few posts. Um, okay. Anytime that we're going to a, an event, um, anywhere in the country, really, we, we try to advertise those events. So. Sure. You guys do a, a phenomenal job. You and, and really, it's such a great open spot to to post like i'm posting my videos on there like there's it's a, it's just a great spot to go talk dirt track racing and and for those if you're watching this and you haven't found the 2020 it's just 2020 racing page right yep yeah. there's actually a 2020 racing page and then there's a 2020 racing history page that oh, covers see, i don't know that one land, so i need to do so there's just the two 2020 history and 2020 racing Correct. Yeah. I need to go find the history one and see now I'm learning. That's awesome. So, and it's, and it's not 2020, like the year 2020 it's 20 dash or slash yep. 20. Um, yep. uh, so do you know, like, obviously that had to have started because how old are you, Jonathan? Uh, I was born in 97. Yeah. So you weren't around. So do you know the history of like why it's called 2020? Um, my dad is a optometrist, an eye doctor. Oh, perfect. So like 2020 vision. Right. 2020 racing, so. I love it. That's perfect. So me and him should get together because I'm over 40 now and uh, I, me and him should get together. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so where the thing that I'm always amazed by going on to the page is where like you must have sources like you, you know, people's paint schemes or their, their wrap, what their wrap looks like months ahead of time. Like, where do you find all of that information from? Uh, there's just a few guys that I'm friends with that kind of see stuff through, through the grapevine, I guess. Sure. Um, but then just a lot of guys, I just follow them on social media. So and then they repost it. it and I just share it to the page. Yeah. It's awesome. I love it's, 
it's always I look forward to the posts of like like that one in particular, the new raps all the time that are coming out, you know, this time of the year, really for the last couple of months, but they're ramping up right now because it's kind of crunch time where I think we're a week and a half, maybe 10 or 12 days away from at least Ogilvy. That's the one I'm excited to, uh, you know, their first weekend is April 9th and 10th. And so by the time this show airs, it'll probably be after that, but it's uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to get down and hear some cars running and get some, get some grit in my ever thinning hair here. So, uh, so you got you and your dad, um, mostly your dad, but I know you help out the twin 25s uh, up at, at Superior, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, so tell us about that race and, and if, the, if you know some of the history behind it, and then there's some kind of cool things coming up this in the 2021 season for that race. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that race started 17 years ago now. Uh, 2021 will be the 17th annual of the event. Okay. Um, it started over at Proctor. Um, the first first winners of the race, I believe, were Kelly Esty and uh, Joey Jensen, both who don't want a late model anymore. It was right. that long ago. Um, but that was at Proctor. And when Amsoil was the head sponsor of the Amsoil Speedway, it originally was the Amsoil Twin Ports Twin 25. So okay. I decided to move the race across the, across the border. Um, there was a few drivers that wanted it that way, a few that didn't want it that way. Sure, yeah. Ever since, it's kind of just stuck over at Superior, and car counts have been going up. We had 41 cars last year, so. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's definitely been been going well over in Superior. Yeah, so. and it's two, so the, the reason it's twin 25s is it's two complete races, right? Uh, yep, we run one set of heat races. Uh, this year, it's a challenge series race. We, we run one set of heat races. Um, we run one 25-lap feature. The winner draws an inversion number for the second feature between 8 and 16, and that sets the lineup for the second feature. So at least eight people. So if you win, the best you're going to start in the second one is eighth. Eighth, yep. That's and nutty. And, and there's a bonus, too. There's a $500 bonus from Powers & Associates um, for the driver with the best combined finish in the two features. Okay, sure. And something that's never been done before is there's a $1,000 bonus if somebody were to sweep. Wins both. them both. Yeah. yeah. And no one in 17 years, no one's done that. No one's done it. Uh, Jimmy Mars has been close. He's gotten a first and a second. And John Cant has been close. He's gotten a first and a second before, but nobody's that, gotten first twice. That speaks to the competition in the late model class because there's, you, in other classes, there's usually two or three guys that maybe it's their night. Like they're great drivers anyways, but they're just dialed to the track that night. Everything, all the, every domino fell perfectly and they can come. The one that, that comes to my mind is Shane Sabraski, who last year in Ogilvy, you know, it was thousands of dollars that they offered him to go to the back of 30 cars. Uh, he started 30th and won the damn race. And, and it wasn't, it wasn't turned four and won it by half a car length. It was like on lap five, he was in the lead or five to go. Anyways, he was in the lead and, uh, and so when, when someone's just dialed tight to the track, 
you can see that happen. But 17 years to not have anybody do it is that's pretty awesome. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And with with the car count we've had the last few years, uh, it's been going up over the last five years, pretty steady. Um, so we are happy to announce that we've already added over two thousand dollars to the late model post this year. Sweet. And we expect that to grow over the coming months. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that's even cooler. Then that's a way to get more cars in. So. Yep. Yeah, we pay out over over thirty thousand dollars single day show. So that's amazing. That's that's some cool stuff. That's there's the big race in Princeton, Brainerd, Brainerd, and St. Cloud this year, the IMCA race, and that's that's four days, and I think it's forty grand or close to like forty grand uh, for the winner. Anyways, it's it's yeah. it's big money, and so yeah. it's uh, looking forward to doing that too this summer. So so clearly you are. Before we hit record on the thing here, I, I said, you might be a, a race. And then I struggled for the word and I said, addict. You're, you're, and you said, no, I'm just a fan. So you're more than just a fan, I promise you. Like there's, there's a lot of people that are fans of racing and they don't post nearly the stuff that you do. <laughs> it's just crazy. <laughs> and so um, outside of your, I would call superior, your home track, correct? Like that's home base. Yep. So you can't choose superior. Uh, what is, what's your favorite track that you've been to? Uh, that I've been to? Yeah. Um, or maybe let's open it up. Let's do two questions. Okay. Track that, track that Jonathan has sat at and watched races and then favorite track period. Okay. Um, I guess favorite track I've been to um, would be Knoxville. Um, Knoxville, Used to always go to the Knoxville Nationals, the, Nationals, uh, yeah. the late model Nationals. Um, and after I got to the age where I could drive to the races myself, I started going to the Red Clay Classic, and I haven't been in Knoxville since. Sure. Um, but Knoxville's, <laughs> Knoxville's such a momentum track. It's kind of kind of cool to see all the different winners there over the years, and it's really a special place. Yeah, it's super fast. Yeah. Yeah, yep. Um and so then favorite, and I, I think I know what this answer is going to be, uh, favorite class? <laughs> uh, late models. Yes, yeah. that is the correct answer. Every other answer is wrong. <laughs> um, that's mine too. Like I just, and I don't know why other than they just look cool. Um, yep. I've, I've always said, Jonathan, that if I ever win the, you know, ludicrous money Powerball kind of like where it's $500 million kind of thing. I'm going to start my own sanctioning body and it's, it's going to be one class uh, and I'll pay for everyone to run the class. Like, I don't even care. I want to build three quarter late models. Yeah. Like think, think mod four or like mini mod, but, but late models. And yeah. then like, I don't know, like maybe motorcycle engines and change, but I want to, I want like a little tiny late model kind of a mm -hmm. thing that has all the suspension and all that stuff and big wide tires and, I don't know. Late models are just the best. I love them. Have you uh, have you seen the Sharp Mini Late Model series down I, in so Nebraska? Yes, I, I have seen so like I I had this idea which I thought was an original idea, and so then I started googling Mini Late Models or blah blah blah, and there's there's a, a three quarter Late Model series, and it's awesome, like yep. awesome, awesome, and uh, it's all the power and suspension and and beautifulness. I always think modifieds are kind of growing on me a little bit like the full-blown modifieds 
Mm -hmm. But late models always like as they come around the corner, the pictures and the videos are it's like ballet. The the level of driver that's typically in a late model, they can be an inch and a half off each other in full four wheel slides, wheels tipped over. It's just oh I get goosebumps thinking about late models. I just they're so much fun. So yep. yeah. Not to take anything away from every I, like racing's racing. Like yeah, crappiest day of racing still better than the best day of anything else. But it's um, late models are right. So, uh, so more get to know Jonathan questions is um, what percent of your wardrobe is racing related? <laughs> oh, I'd say ninety percent. Ninety percent, yeah. There's, I got two shirts that I can wear to church, and everything else is a racing T-shirt. <laughs> Yeah, my, my girlfriend tells me I need to start shopping a little bit more than just race shirts every day. No, you need a different girlfriend. That's no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's, um, and there's part of that, like I just saw a post the other day of right after the Bristol Nationals of, and it was talking about the, the when, when you're, when a driver at your local track, you know, puts the thing out on Facebook saying, hey, I got my shirts available or my hats or my can koozies or my pop sockets or whatever it is, buy a shirt, buy a sweatshirt because that's how that guy is racing. Like there's yeah. like everybody is maxed out on their credit cards and, and they've got all of the sponsor money and all of the sponsor money only paid to put the wrap on the car to buy two sets of tires or whatever it is kind of thing. And the rest of it's just out of their pocket. And so it's uh, I'm a big believer in, in, you know, buy that, buy the $35 or the $40 or $50 sweatshirt or whatever it is and, and go support that driver. And, and, uh, and it just makes racing better all the way around kind of thing, you know? Yep. For sure. Yep. So um, what is this? We're, now that we're done, that's the toy department. We're going to get into the, the deep, hard hitting questions now. So, okay. um, you obviously have your finger. You're you're uh, kind of a promoter. You promote the twin 125s with your dad. Um, you've been around racing literally, I would imagine, your entire life. Um, in your opinion, what what is something that can continue to be done or be done differently to continue? You just mentioned, you know, the car count has kind of been growing at your guys's race for the last four or five years. What is something that can be done? either from a track point of view, like the, the track owner, track promoter, um, as spectators, as drivers, what is something that we can continue to do or do better to continue that dirt track growth? Yeah, um, I guess I'm not really sure what the answer is. I think everybody I've talked to has has your own, own opinion as far as what needs to happen and it's, it's hard to kind of cross all the bases at once, but sure. uh, especially in like a, a late model standpoint, a few years ago, I think I asked every driver that ran up here throughout the year, like if there was one thing they could do to help save late models, what would it be? And I think 30% of them said the tire and 30% of them said shocks. The other 30% said the engine. So, I mean, as far as like classes go, I mean, everybody's going to say something different. Um, yep everybody's budget is a little little different in in that aspect and a, a track standpoint I mean I, I guess I love racing and you love racing um, 
but there's people that don't go to the races that don't understand like why shows go late sometimes. So I guess if a show could just be a little, little shorter in time, whether it's drop one class and alternate classes every week or just do something to make it so the average family can not only afford to go, but then their kids can stay up late and watch the whole show and not be falling asleep come feature time. So yeah, no, that's a common answer is, is, you know, not run seven classes every night. And, and um, most people would rather see 30 or 40 cars in, in four or five classes than 10 cars in eight classes. Um, And so it's, that's a pretty common answer. Um, Clean facilities, that kind of a thing, Um, making sure that, that you're not afraid to bring your kids and your wife to the racetrack kind of a thing, you know, that, the the seats are nice and that kind of thing and then obviously from a driver point of view i'm not a dirt track driver by any means but it's expensive there's there isn't one class that's super cheap anymore um there's some that are super cheap relative to the other you know if you're running a late model or modified you look at a hornet or a pier stock and you think that's super cheap but the guy who's running the hornet or the pier stock he's putting all his money into it as well kind of thing it's just different budgets at different levels kind of thing so um I think you hit the nail right on the head there. There's, there isn't one thing to make it better, to make it continue to grow. There's, it's the snowplow approach. You got to hit all of the things to make it, to make it better, you know? And, um, and so that's a great, it's an insightful answer by a young fellow like yourself. So, um, so last thing, last couple things, actually, we always do um, for those that watch all the time, we always do a pay it forward question. And, uh, your question, and I, I hadn't scheduled you yet at the time that this person was on, and so the the question that Jody Belfi uh, has for you, you know Jody, I would imagine pretty well. Yeah. Um, and so he had a generic question, um, and it was it, it, I said this might be for a a flagman, it might be for a promoter, it might be for a driver, I don't know a spectator, I don't know who it's for yet. And then, and then you and I, but it fits in perfectly with you because do you have any idea how many tracks you've been to? Um, I've got a list, but I'm not sure offhand, probably 70. 70 tracks. And so you've seen in your 23, 24 years of life, you've seen racing a hundred different conditions for racing, dry and slick, dry and dusty, wet and heavy, everything. And so what is your favorite kind of track? So of all of the different conditions, what's your favorite kind of track slash kind of racing to watch as a spectator? Yeah. Um, I guess a lot of people will probably think I'm going to say fast and heavy, but um, I, they're race cars. I don't like seeing race cars go slow. Um, <laughs> but um, the, the perfect track to me, um, there's – Every once in a while, you'll get a track that's slick on the bottom, slick on the top, and then a layer of tack through the middle, the middle. that kind of gives you three good racing surfaces, and that's always the perfect track, but that's few and far to manufacture that, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, that's awesome, though. So you're... So when if there's three lines, that's a great answer, because I am, I am the the... the 
when it gets slicked up, I, I like the transition of the track. Yeah. Um, so when you come out in the heat races and it's, and it's kind of a boy, oh boy, these guys are freaking flying. And it's sometimes that can turn into a big freight train and that's not very cool. But if you got a little bit of movement in the heat races, the night goes on and that comes out for the feature time, that guy who isn't, wasn't necessarily the fastest guy didn't have the biggest motor in the heat race and he's starting eighth or 10th or something like that and and is the finesse guy and he can just pick his way through the field that's mm -hmm. as an announcer or as a spectator oh that's the best because you can as an announcer my my seat is always way up the highest spot at the track and you can always see that stuff coming way before most people can you know where where you see the guy who was eighth and you're and you're kind of watching the top five guys and all of a sudden here comes seventh place three laps in and you're like that guy started way in the back like where is he coming from and then you kind of keep your eye on him and then as an announcer you point that out to people and then like you can see the the excitement building in the crowd it's just that's my favorite is when there's when it's a finesse track and maybe the guys starting up front aren't finesse drivers, but they get, they have the clear track. And so they're fast. Um, and then you get a finesse guy that is just going high, going low in back in my motocross days, the, the lesson was always, you can't, you can't pass the guy if you're following the guy. And, and it's, that's a lesson for dirt track as well, or for racing in general is that if, if you're on somebody's bumper and you're just following them around the inside of the track, there's only one way to move. You got to move that guy if you're going to pass him or you sack up and go around the outside or like you say, go right through the middle. If you, if you've got enough uh, talent to, to go through the middle kind of a thing. And so, yeah. man, that's a great answer. That's a great answer. So, okay. So your question, we always do a pay it forward question. You get to ask my next guest a question. And I uh, just, two or three hours ago, I booked our next guest. And okay. it's a guy, he's new to the sport. Um, he doesn't have 700 feature wins in five different classes. So, so be careful in your question to, to monitor it to a guy that's new to the sport. Uh, it's an, it's a, he's a modified driver. His name's Shane Sabraski. He's going to be our next guest. Which, yeah. for those, everyone's going to know, but for those that don't know, Shane is not new to this sport. He's 20-year veteran and does have 700 feature wins in five different or six different classes. And so um, so next week, is he, Shane will be our guest. And so what is your question for the Ironman, Shane Sabraski? Um, I guess for Shane, I just want to ask, what got his start in racing? Like, what was it that made him excited to go to the racetrack and then not only go to the racetrack, but get behind the wheel. So I know, I know a little bit of like, I've known Shane since he was like 13 years old and it wasn't cars. Like Shane didn't get his race and his start in cars. And so we'll, I'm not going to answer the question. We're going to let Shane answer that question. So uh, how did you start? Did you start? Perfect. Awesome. So, um, Jonathan, I, I thank you for taking the time and uh, we'll definitely, I, I expect you to share every one of my shows to your 10,000 followers. I'm excited about that. Um,
but also I, I look forward to finally we'll we'll meet in person. We know each, what each other's look like now. And so uh, when I'm when I'm up in Superior, you get down to St. Cloud. I, I look forward to, to shaking your hand and and, uh, and meeting you in person. So uh, for everyone else, uh, by all means, I'm getting some Facebook messages. I'm getting some some comments down below on the videos uh, about people you'd like to see. Please keep that coming. That is it's how I'm going to find the next guest kind of thing. Up until now, it's just people that I want to talk to. Um, and I don't know everybody. And so um, there's just a little while ago, I got some really cool suggestions about people to have on the show. Um, lots of people loved the Russ Ebert interview and um, which very appropriately, they love the Russ interview um, and they want to see more people like that. So I will definitely try to pull in some of those legends of our sport and um, and see if they're willing to, to jump on and, and use the new technology and have a Zoom call with us. Uh, because that's, as a historian, Jonathan, you would you would certainly love some of the suggestions here. So, um, so we'll leave it at that for now. I've got some really cool things coming up that I'm excited about. Um, maybe in the Shane Sabrasky show, we'll talk about some giveaway things that we're going to do during the show. And then... Maybe a sneak. Nah, we'll we'll use this. We'll use Shane's show for a sneak peek. So, um, anyways, Jonathan, thank you so much for being being here with me, and um, we'll talk to you next time. Hi, thanks for having me, Kyle. Awesome, you bet. Have a great day. You too.